Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Five o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo live from Footprint Center in downtown Phoenix. And our coverage today is brought to you by FanDuel. We'll be here until 6 o'clock tonight. Suns and the Miami Heat coming up at 8 here on the flagship home of the Phoenix Suns and the flagship home of the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, going into this weekend's season finale for the Cardinals, uh, unfortunately, all of the wrong things on the line for a team. In fact, I, I think back, Gambo, to a conversation you and I had at the beginning of the season, even maybe even during the offseason, about what it would take for the Cardinals to even consider moving on from Cliff Kingsbury. And this is exactly it. This is exactly of the doomsday-type scenario. I mean, what, if they lose on Sunday at Why? seven straight losses? You know what? That's, we have never brought that up. Yes, after he got that contract extension, it didn't seem like there was any, like... Going into this season, it did not seem like there was a likelihood that there would be anything that Cliff could do where they would want to move on from him. And yet he kept showing up on hot seat lists over the summer, and we would talk about it and say, "How he just got an extension. How can he be on the hot seat list? And you even asked me, how... Could you see him being on the hot seat? And I said the only way he's on the hot seat they is they have 12 games, where like 13 games. 12, 13 games, mm. uh, big, long losing streak, and it just becomes – and I think you had even said, yeah, if that happens, they might have to move on. Now, I don't know what's uh, what's going to happen Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen Monday. I, I think we're you – know, Cliff was asked about it today. Have there been any reassurances that they're going to be back? Here's what he said. Um, we've talked with Michael. I have every day, and so at this point it's just – about trying to win this game. Um, so we haven't talked postseason. We haven't talked moves, anything like that. It's just about current issues and trying to win. And then he was asked specifically about whether he thinks he'll be back next year with the team. You expect me to head coach next year? We'll focus on that after Sunday. But um, like I said, all our talk has been nothing but how do we win this game. Look, you got to ask the question. you got to sure. expect the answer, right? That's sure. Nothing surprising about that. Yeah, Change. Listen, there has been no discussions. With Cliff and Michael speak on a regular basis. There has not been any discussions about, hey, what are we going to do to address this? Who's going to be my GM? Let's sit down and talk about the, uh, the plan for next year. Let's talk about the, uh, the draft. There's, and there's not been any conversations about the contract either. What I will tell you, and I reported this earlier, and I'll report it again today, Cliff Kingsbury does have a fully guaranteed contract. A lot of people have questioned whether there was ability to get out. Maybe it's not all guaranteed. The four years remaining or guaranteed, and I will tell you that this wasn't reported, but there's also an option year in there. So what he has left right now is four years and an option year. Now, the option year is not any guaranteed money, but the other four years are. So, And I'll give you a ballpark number of about $7.5 million is what Cliff Kingsbury is making. So if you walked away from Cliff Kingsbury, you're talking about walking away from four years and about $30 million. So you'd have to walk away from four years and $30 million. Now, there's offsetting you know, language. If he takes a job somewhere else, that you wouldn't have to pay all of it. That that number would co- so that that's part of it too. But um, as far as if Cliff decides, I'm just going to sit on my couch and eat bonbons all day and uh, watch episodes of House Hunters International. I'm he's getting paid. He's going to get his. It's going to get us four years. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's going to get the full, it's fully guaranteed. It's going to be expensive. And oh but, yeah, but that's never stopped anybody before from doing stuff like that. And I I I. 
I have to think if Michael is convicted on the idea that he's got to make a change, that he won't allow that to stop him here. I, I just, I can't. He, Michael's done this before. Michael did this with Steve Wilkes. My, it's, it's happened in the past. I, I just can't imagine if he's convicted that a change has to happen. I would think he's going to make that move, no matter how expensive it might be. And eventually, Cliff Kingsbury will he'll coach again somewhere. Of course, he'll get a job with somebody. You mentioned that you didn't think a return to college was likely. No, he at does this, not like coaching. Yeah, the recruiting point, is not for him. Him, the yeah, I can I can assure you that that Cliff will not take a head coaching job at the college level. Uh, that's not with the new NILs. It's worse now than it was before. It's not his cup of tea. It'd probably be too late for him to do that anyway. Honestly, with the way things have been set in motion in college, he would have needed to do that a while ago. So it's either take an OC job or a quarterbacks coach job in the NFL, or take a year off and just kind of reset and figure what's going to happen. From the Cardinals standpoint, if they do make a move, and and again, it feels like it's coming, but I can't sit here and say I know it's coming. Nobody can. We're, we're not really sure what they're going to do, but certainly it feels like we should all be on high alert Sunday night and Monday morning. There was a story today by Bill Barnwell on ESPN.com, and I fully expected to see something like this today, ranking the head coaching openings that are out there. Now, some of these aren't out there. This is just kind of the ones that we know are out there or the ones that we think are going to be out there. He's got the Arizona Cardinals fifth. And he's got them behind Carolina 1, the Saints 2, the Texans 3, the Commanders 4. He's got the Broncos and the Colts behind the Cardinals. Washington ahead with Daniel Snyder. He's got Washington and no quarterback. He's got Washington ahead of Arizona. Okay, and and I, I don't have the whole write-up in front of me, but I love his pros and cons. Okay? The pros... Job. Young talent, ownership uncertainty. The cons, quarterback, division, ownership uncertainty. And I think that that's a great way of putting it, I think, because you might take that job, and in six months from now, you have one of the best owners in the NFL, one of the richest owners in the NFL, and his name isn't Daniel Snyder, right? And you're like, okay, man, what a great gig this is. I got somebody who just paid $7 billion for this organization, and his name and, is not Daniel right, Snyder. but he didn't hire me. Well, there's that, too. He didn't hire me. Or you might take that job and Daniel deci- Snyder decides it's not for sale or takes two years to sell it or whatever. And now you're stuck in limbo hell with that, trying to figure out you have to navigate having this yeah. pain in the butt owner that nobody wants as a boss. That's potentially a great job. That's potentially a terrible job. Depends on who the owner is. It depends on, you know, it, more, more or less what this does. It depends on who the coach is. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? There's, there's, you could go through the, every coach that gets this job is not going to have the same list of what's number one, what's number two. Sure. Everybody's beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. Sean Payton may think Arizona's a better job than any job out there, right? He might. And so he takes the Arizona job. Well, it was the fifth best job. No, it's not the, it's not the, it's, it's the fifth best job to, to, to Larry, who wrote the story. Larry. <laughs> Bill. Bill. Larry, Bill. 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 Bill wrote the story. Bill, not Larry. Larry. Not Larry. Bill. Bill. Bill wrote the story. Yet <laughs> Arizona's the fifth best. Bill's going to be scratch his head. How did Sean Payton go to Arizona? Uh, I had it as the fifth best job. No, well, to, but to, to Payton, it may be the best job. It might be. You're, no, you're, you're right. I mean, because, like, for me, I'm looking at this list. The Houston Texans are the third best job. Now, I get it. They're going to draft Bryce Young. 
but that organization, their ownership, that that hasn't been that hasn't been a real pleasant place to work the last couple of years, right? There hasn't been any success there the last couple of years. I don't think I'd have that third just because they're in a position to be able to draft Bryce Young, right? You know, I wouldn't put them that high. I would, you know, who would you put number one on this list? Denver. Okay. Just because they're Denver? Because, because it's there's a, it's a, a proven, history of excellence there? It's a proven organization that's committed to winning. And they, they you'll, listen, they they went for it with Russell Wilson. You may not like that they did or, or may have backfired, but they went for it. You know? Who would you put last on your list? Washington. Okay. I would put the Colts last on my list. I'd put them dead last on my list. I think they are. And that's where Barnwell put them. I think they are perfectly placed on this list. I would... God, who would I put first on this list? Denver. Um, Denver Broncos. I don't think I'd put Denver. I, I think I might... I think I might pick... It's a, it's a great home field advantage. It's a great fan base. The com- commitment from ownership. They spend money. They say, again, say what you want, man. They spent that money. They gave up those draft picks. They spent that money to get Russell Wilson. They want to go for it. They always want to go for it. Probably pick the Saints. Probably pick the Saints. But I'm not committed to that idea. I, I might pick the Carolina Panthers. Dude, that guy's rich, and he wants it so badly. David Tepper, their owner. Yeah. He, he's he's that's the place you go where you have no doubt ownership is completely, wholly, totally committed to getting it done. And I to, to back up your point about Denver, you can say the same thing about Denver. Man, those guys are rich. That ownership group, they're loaded. That's Walmart. They're loaded. Loaded. And I think they want to make that organization great again. So I wouldn't yeah, and the Cardinals they don't spend the money the way some of these other teams spend the money. Mm-hmm. And that's something you've got to think about if you're coming in as an owner as yep. well, you know, uh, as a coach as well. Something you have to think about. But you're right. It's very much in the eye of the beholder and what one might value in one organization you might not in another. When we come back, we've teased the idea of the Cardinals trading out of their spot in that draft. Who are the teams that would want to trade up in the draft? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Souls. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back here with you on this Football Friday here on the Burns and Gambo Show. The um, the mock draft game uh, is a game that we're going to play for months and months and months. And, you know, I, I, I'm sure at some point we're going to get tired of talking about it. We're just going to want the Cardinals oh. to do something about it, right? Contra- just to the to the contrary? Yeah, sure, to the contrary. Uh, being where you are right now is so much more intrigue. Well, I, no, I disagree with that. I, I th- I'm more excited about where they're picking now and the possibilities than in previous drafts. I, I don't, I don't mean now. I just mean the draft is still four months from now. Right. That's what I, I mean. But I'm not even. By but, the time we're at mid March and it's like, here's another mock draft with the Cardinals trading but, down. Well, duh. You know. All right. It's like, right, but it's not a player. Like after a while, you get bored of looking at the players that everybody projects going to go there. Now you're like, you're. How, what can I? How much can I get? 
How many draft picks can I get well, for this pick? And that brings up an interesting point. If the Cardinals are to trade their pick, when would they do it? Because a lot of these deals, they don't happen on draft night. They happen two weeks before the draft, a month before the draft. You know, When would it come down? I don't think it would be a draft night deal. I, I think most well, of the trades for a, a team... I'll go back and look, but I... Th- like, Mitch, do me a favor. Google the Trey Lance trade and tell me when that came down. I bet it was at but least... But if you're a team and you're saying, I want to move up for C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. and, okay, I'll move up to, say, the Cardinals are four, you've now told everybody else that if you want C.J. Stroud, you got to move up to two or three. And then what if somebody does that? That's why it's probably better on draft day to make sure that he's there. And then you make the trade on draft day. Yeah. If I'm going to trade up, if I'm going to trade up, and I do it a week before, oh, we're going to get C.J. Stroud, we just trade up to four. And then somebody screws me and moves up to three and takes him? Then I'm like, I know, but I, but I remember the 49ers when they traded up to get to Trey Lance. That it was one of those, we're not sure which quarterback we're going to take. We like them all. How often does that happen? How often does a team trade up to a spot not knowing who they're going to get? The 49ers did it on March 26th. Okay, that's rare. Almost a full month before the draft. Almost one full month before the draft. Was it one move to move up? Um, was it two moves? I think it was one move. Okay. I think it was one move. No, so, I don't know. Somebody, I, I, somebody recently moved up twice to get a quarterback. I'd have um, to look at all. Who was that? can't remember. Who was it who moved up twice? Up twice. I, I remember what you're talking about, and I can't remember who it was. it the yeah. Dolphins? For to move up to get Tua? Did they move up twice? I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. But I look, I, I it seems to me that if I remember it right, most of those trades to move up happen a couple weeks before the draft. Now, you're right. You run the risk of your guy not being there, of somebody jumping you, of somebody moving ahead of you. If there's a guy that you've got targeted, and you're going to look foolish if that happens. I'm just saying that like, looking at the mock drafts, it's it's fun, but we still have a long time before the actual draft, right? Like we we we, we I've suffered for four months, and now you don't want me to get excited. I've literally I've <laughs> suffered. I've been suffering for four to five months. Sorry, and I have something to look forward to. So and now you just want to spoil my party. I anyway. don't want to spoil it. No, I'm you really just, do. I'm just I'm just I know you. I know you, John Gambadoro. Right. I know you. And at some point, you're going to come into work and go, Oh God, do we have to talk about another mock draft today? I know you and i know that's what you're going to do i've never i think it's different i think it's different okay you were because about to say i've never done that before and that would have no, been a bald no, faced no, lie you know when you pick a ninth you, you, you know there's so many mock drafts you can look at and you know but i think when it's the the possibility of a trade and you're talking about getting four or five picks yeah now i'm like now i'm you know i was excited that C.J. Stroud played so well in the playoff game for Ohio State against uh, Georgia that I mean, I, I one of my things that we talked about the, that next day was did he did he help the Cardinals right. by playing so well? Yeah. Did he help the Cardinals? Now the combines and everything that goes on, you know this. As these quarterbacks shoot up the ladder, they, they always, always shoot do, up the ladder. Yeah. I think that's just to me. I'm going to be focused on all of that because I think it could really lead to a windfall for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, and then what they'll probably do is they'll bypass it and they'll just take one player. <laughs> well, well, uh, and, like, and you know what? The last time we had this conversation conversation somebody on twitter pointed out to me 
Terrell Suggs. And Terrell Suggs will forever be the cautionary tale of why you don't trade down. Because the Cardinals could have had Terrell Suggs. Yeah. And instead that year they traded Brian down. Brian Johnson and, took, and Calvin Pace. Right. right. Yeah, it backfired. Yeah. It backfired. And it can, depending on the player that you that you pass up on. Of course, it can backfire. But I think for this team in this situation, I'm going to be a big advocate of trading down. Right up until the moment of the draft, I'm going to be, no matter who's there, at if they get up to two, if they get up to three, four, if they stay put, I'm going to be a big advocate of trade because I think that next year is going to have to be a reset year of sorts for the Cardinals, a reset year for the salary cap, a reset year for the roster. They're going to have to – Kyler Murray might miss three games, five games, six games. I think next year is going to be a very incomplete season for the Cardinals, and they'd be best off using it to kind of just hit the reset button a little bit, settle their cap situation down, get the draft in order, get a bunch of picks, and start to do it that way. Because I think... I don't know that there's going to be anybody that disagrees with anything you just said right there. I, I mean, I think everybody would think... Like, if you said, here's the plan, uh, sign me up. That's a good plan. And what's the best way to really make that plan work even better? Trade the pick in the draft to get a bunch of draft What picks. was Bickley's column about today? Trade in DeAndre Hopkins. Get, get picks. Get picks. Get lots Somebody of picks. Somebody mentioned trading Zach Ertz. Like, do whatever you can. Yeah. Load up on the picks. Yep. Get That's why I'm advocating for Bill Armstrong to be the GM. <laughs> You want you want, you want draft trades? Picks? You want trades? You want good draft you picks? You can't handle the trades. Bill Armstrong for GM. <laughs> Brand. Um, Cardinals will own the next five drafts. The reason we're talking about this is, is you sent me like three or four, five different mock drafts today. They all have the Cardinals trading down. And that's and that's going to be the, the theme. The theme. Absolutely. Jets, Detroit. Carolina, like all these teams that need a quarterback. All these teams that need a quarterback, trade them where the Cardinals are. When we come in here on Monday and we're going to see the finalized draft order in front of us, if it all goes according to plan, what you're going to see are a whole bunch of teams that need quarterbacks that are right behind the Cardinals in the draft. That's the Carolina. The perfect the scenario. Colts, the Raiders. I mean, just every, and they're all lined up right behind the Cardinals in a little row, and the Cardinals can just say, okay, who wants it, come and get it. Indiana, your best Indianapolis offer. is so desperate for a young quarterback. They've gone through the Phillip Rivers and Carson. Every year they've got this, you know, veteran backup. If, if Indianapolis is one spot behind Arizona, we talked about this a couple times, th- there is no better spot to be in because all everybody's going to want to jump ahead of Indianapolis. So that's the best spot to be in. One spot ahead of Indy, two spots ahead of Indy. So every so Indianapolis won CJ Stroud. Well, if you're you've got to get ahead of Indy, so that's where the Cardinals can really get a windfall of draft picks. Yeah. Because teams are gonna to want to get ahead of the Colts. Now, okay, let's let's look at the bad news of this. Let's say the Cardinals finished fourth. They're still Okay, but that two. would take them winning against San Francisco, right? No, 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 no. If they stay at four. Oh, stay at four. Stay okay. at four. Stay no, at four. That's losing against San Francisco. Uh the, the Broncos lose to the Chargers. The Bears lose okay, to stay the... Okay, stay at four. Oh, stay at four. I'm with right. you. Do you have to worry about those teams doing business with the Bears at two? With the Seahawks at three? Can you count on those two teams staying put and not doing the exact same thing you're talking about doing? Taking advantage of all those quarterback-needy teams behind you? Right now, before the Combine... There are two generational defensive talents in this draft. Mm-hmm. They're going to go 2-3. You're sure? No, that, but like, I think, sh- no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. 
But I think it's harder to move out of two and three than it is to move out of four. Two and three, you might be passing on Terrell Suggs. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's harder for team. De- de- the Bears can need defensive. Seattle really needs defensive help. It might be harder for those teams to pass on a great defensive player. It might be harder for them to do that. But neither of those teams. Seattle, you can make an argument, does. Because I don't know how long this Geno Smith thing is going to last. Both of those teams, you could argue, don't need a quarterback. Both of those teams are in the same boat in that regard. I mean, like if the Cardinals move up to three, I still advocate them trading that pick. I do, even if they are leaving a generational player potentially on the board at number three. I don't think it's an easy decision. I think it becomes a harder decision when you're sitting at three, but I also think that increases the the, the offers you're going to get, or at least the options that you're going to have. I'm just saying, if you're the Cardinals, we're sitting here talking about the Cardinals making this this unbelievable trade. Man, you don't think the Bears? You don't think think they're having the same conversation in Chicago? I think they probably will at some point. Man, we're sitting here at number two. You You want to be sure you get the second best quarterback in the draft there's only one team for you to talk to that's the chicago bears at number two i think that will be something to watch the closer we get to the draft it's one of those other teams yes if the bears or the seahawks if everybody stays put what kind of conversations are they having for teams that want to move up does their competition now too for the cardinals i just think that those teams to get to pass on jalen carter or Will Anderson is going to be there's going to be a lot of upset people in the fam now just those two guys but to pass on one of those two but what if the, what really if, really hard what if the Cardinals are in the same spot then, at three? then it's hard to pass okay. on that guy okay okay it's hard to pass I, on that guy I would agree that makes the decision more difficult more difficult I four is a better spot to be in I still think the Cardinals should trade but it becomes a much more difficult conversation yeah you're right I mean a dominant edge rusher if you, know you could get will Anderson or you could get Jalen Carter See, that, whoever's picking two and three is going to have a hard time making a trade and passing up on a guy like on that. On second thought, you're right. I could talk about mock drafts all day right up until the draft. This you is going to be fun. You see? This is going to be fun. You see? Even though the draft isn't until the end of April. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Jake Crowder, is still on the Suns roster, and it turns out the problem in why he hasn't been moved could be on the Suns. We'll tell you what we know next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, so when it comes to the Suns, and we are coming to you live from the home of the Suns, Footprint Center, and uh, our coverage today is brought to you by FanDuel. When it comes to the Suns, the two dates that are the ones you got to keep in mind, one's coming rapidly, January 15th. That is the day that DeAndre Ayton and a few others around the league, too, let's not just make this about Ayton, that they're eligible to be traded for the first time this season. Maybe that expands the field a little bit when it comes to the Suns and what their plans are for this season in terms of trades. And, of course, February 9th, trade deadline in the NBA, and that will be the day that when the Suns do something, I was going to say if, but I... I They've got to do something with Jay, right? (laughs) I mean, you know what? And I mean, I guess no, they don't. Like, okay, no, they don't is what? You just let the contract expire? You went the whole year and you never had a player? Yes. You paid him $10 million and nobody, and no. 
No, there's 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 the old, there's teams that are talking to him. You, you may get to the point where you just you settle. I, they're trying not to settle on a deal, but you may just get to the point where you you just settle and you make a trade that you know that's not as because at at some point you got to, you know you would think you have to get something Look, from it. But I've been there for four months. Yeah. At some point you wanted to trade him very early, and maybe and in the end you may have been right because you know they could have really used somebody, but with all the injuries that they've had. But they held out. They held out. They held out. We kept thinking maybe December fifteenth uh, or December thirteenth, whichever the day was. That's that was like three and a half weeks ago. Four Almost weeks a month ago. ago. Yeah. You know, yeah, we've there's been this metaphor that we've used a couple times when talking about trading Jay Crowder, in which we've said you know like like you put your house for sale. All right. Let's let's say Jake Crowder is a house. You put your house up for sale. If you don't like the offers that you're getting for your house, you can always take it off the market. Say, so, you know what? Okay, on second thought, we're not going to move. We're just going to. I did that once a bunch of years ago. We try to sell our house. Did you get the offers we liked? Okay, take the sign out of the ground. We'll live here. It's fine. No big deal. I never thought that was an option with Jay. I never thought just take the sign out of the ground and decide to live in the house. I never thought that was a, a choice here because you're you're in this alleged championship window. He's an asset that you've got that's doing nothing for you right now. And at the end of the day, while you might not like the value that you're getting for Jake Crowder, inherently something is greater than nothing. Yeah, but you, when you went when you went back to your house, yeah. your house accepted you. Okay, the house the, the house doesn't want Jay, Jay, if Jay's the house, he, they don't want him back. He doesn't want to come back. Well, I, I, but that's, like, it takes two. Like they got to want him back, and he's got to want to come back. I, I'm not talking about him coming back. I'm talking okay. about them deciding that we have to sell this house. Okay. We we I, I don't care that we don't like the offers that we're getting for this house. I don't care if it's a hundred thousand less than what we think it's worth. We need a place to live. We gotta sell this house. Okay. And that that was the point I was trying to make about Jay is that I, I, it's it's not even. This is really getting to the point where it's not even about equal value anymore, which is why this story from Jake Fisher kind of made me laugh when I saw it. Jake, and not that Jake Fisher made me laugh. He's really good at what he does. I know you talk to Jake from time to time. He wrote a story earlier in the week about suggesting maybe the Cleveland Cavaliers as a destination for Jake Crowder. And he was actually talking more about Karis LeVert. Maybe he's the guy the Pacers want to deal to try to get better. And um, The Cavs. The Cavs. What did I say? I'm sorry. Pacers. Oh, my apologies. Well, he used to be on the Pacers. I got a little confused there. Mm -hmm. He wrote, uh, a smaller salary player such as Jay Crowder would seem to make sense on the surface for Karis LeVert. Here's the money line, though. Although Phoenix has stood its ground on Crowder, sources said, demanding a playoff caliber player in return. Okay, I I read that and I had no idea what he's... A playoff caliber player? A player who can help you in the playoffs. A playoff caliber player. A player who can help you in the playoffs. A player that you would use in your playoff rotation. Okay. That's how I yeah. took that. Right. A playoff caliber player. Okay, well, that fits in line with what I'm being told, oh, is yeah. that they're That's... going to trade Jay Crowder for a reserve player. Yes. Somebody now, who you will give minutes yeah. to in the postseason. The Suns have an aging, non-athletic player on an expiring contract. You're not getting a lot for him. So what you're going to get back is another reserve player. Is that a player who could be the seventh, eighth, ninth guy off the bench? To your point, does it matter? As long as you get somebody who can come in and play minutes that matter. Well, 
you know, that's what matters. I th- I think that mattered early in the season. We have to get equal value for this guy, and we're going to hold out until we do. And you know what? You had that power if you were the Suns. Cam Johnson was starting and playing well. Torrey Craig was playing well off the bench. Right. You were winning games. Everybody was healthy. Everything was rowing in the right direction. Time was on their side then. Time is not on their side anymore. Now it's not. Time is not on their side anymore. The roster is not. Leverage is not on their side anymore. They've lost it all. They've, and, and, they, and James is... I don't want to use the word stubborn because I think that'd be the wrong word, but he probably wants what he considers to be equal value, and I think time is running out on that kind of that uh, that kind of fortress. The interesting thing is James is not a win the trade type of guy. No, no, he's more he's of not. a I need a guy that fits. Yep. And I think, and I've said before that they prefer prefer a wing player. But these talks about like maybe you could get Julius. We're going to get Julius Randle for Jay Crowder. No, like, no. Or Bogdanovich. Or, like, you know, these, these good players that are, that are playing a lot of minutes. Like, you're not, you're not going to get that. Not unless you're attaching draft compensation to it. Not unless you're giving yeah. up picks to yeah. get players like that. That's the only way you're going to get a player like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's been a lot of rumors with Atlanta and Utah and the Suns having a deal. But, man, I check on that a million times. Like, it's like... There haven't there is, there is nothing concrete with that. Yeah. You know the the Jazz like Collins a little bit. They don't like his contract. I mean, at some point maybe they go back and revisit it and they, they get something done. But every time that comes up, I'm like, that was a two month. That was a conversation two months ago. They haven't had any conversations since then. Look, James has been an excellent general manager of this team. Yes. Just about everything he has done has worked. Okay. That being said, it feels like he's overplayed his hand a little bit with this Jake Crowder situation in that he is now backed into a corner of having to take whatever deal is in front of him, whether he loves it or not. Now, don't go out and do something stupid. Don't go out and take a player who's got you know four years left on a contract that you hate, that you don't want. Don't do that. But you, you're not going to have Devin Booker for a month. Who knows when Cam Johnson is going to be back? You need a body. You, you, and Jake Crowder, the only other alternative to not trading Jake Crowder is what we talked about at the beginning of the segment. Just let his contract expire at the end of the season. And he never played a minute for you. Well, that's terrible value. That's the, that you, you literally got nothing out of what was supposed to be your sixth or seventh or eighth best player on your roster. You, you, at some point, James is going to have to make a trade. And I think the longer this goes and the more games they lose and the more guys get hurt, James sees his leverage in this deal get chipped away a little bit by a little bit by a little bit every single day. I think that. I wonder, too, with every week that goes by is another week that Crowder hasn't played a basketball game. Like, is there going to come a point where a team says, you know what, I don't even think Jay Crowder can help me right now. He hasn't played in nine months. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and maybe that's impacting the quality of offers they're getting, and maybe that's why James hasn't done one yet. Is because if, if they're not finding an offer that they like, according to Jake Fisher's report, which is you know kind of lines up with what you've been saying too, maybe that's part of it. Is like, look at this point, that dude hasn't played competitive basketball outside of what he's doing at Lifetime Fitness since eight months, since April. By the time the trade deadline comes, you're gonna be talking about eight months. Yeah. What well, what makes you think he could come in and help me now and do the things? This this, this situation has and then losing you're losing less time to ramp up. Yep. You know, because you're 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 more than halfway through the season right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's a. 
I'm intrigued by it because, I mean, unless there's something to do with the uh, the, the January deadline for Aiton and there's a bigger trade involved that we just don't know about. I mean, unless they're waiting for something. But I continue to say, if there was a trade to be made, it would have been made. Like, you know, if if there was something that James liked, he would have made the made the trade. I don't think there's, you know, anything in the works on a certain date. I think he's just holding out and waiting, 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 and you know, maybe somebody gets the problem is that there's so many teams that are alive for the playing game. And so nobody really wants to blow up their roster because teams feel like they're alive. And it, and then the contending teams, well, you know, if you want Jay Crowder, you don't want to give up a good player for him. Yeah, but I would also think to a certain extent that would work in the Suns' favor as well. There are so many teams alive in the play-in race, they might want a Jay Crowder type to help them for 15 but, minutes but they, a game. But, it, but they don't, but they they don't want to give up, up something pl- to get right, him. Right, yeah, to get him, you'd have to give up a player that's helping you, and that's what teams I, they don't want to They don't want to give up a player that's helping you. I, I, I get that. I, it's, it, this feels like something the Suns should have done a month ago. And by not doing it a month ago, back when they still had a little leverage and a still a little power, by waiting a little bit longer, I just don't know what options they're going to have now with this Jay Crowder thing. I, I, I don't. We'll see. We'll see what happens on the 15th. We'll see what happens on the trade deadline. Maybe there is a bigger deal out there that Jay is to be a part of that we just don't know about. But but you're, by the time a deal's done... There's going to be, what, 30 games left in the regular season before the playoffs start? I mean, there's, we're halfway through now. Halfway through. There's still time now for him to go impact somebody, but it's just... You know who else played their cards wrong? Jay Crowder. Yeah. Yeah, you really played this wrong. Yeah, we talk about the song. It's probably not Jay Crowder playing both, this wrong. Both sides played their cards wrong. They overplayed their hand. Jay thought that... Oh no, I'm not going to be a bench player for this team, even though they're good, even though we've won a lot of games. I, I'm, I'm, I'm too good for I'm that. I'm too good for that. I'm better than that. I can do more. I don't want to play six to twelve minutes a game, eight to twelve minutes a game, twelve to fifteen minutes a game. I'm better than that. I got to think about my next contract. Well, think about how many teams were lined up to get you. There weren't that many when it was all said and done. So, and now you haven't played in so long. You may actually play poorly for the short time that you're with somebody else because you haven't played basketball in so yeah. long. Texas. Your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Do you want to remind everybody, Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations. And January is the highest blood usage month of the year for patients. So please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 8th. That would be this Sunday, January 8th, at Vitalant's Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at vitalant.org slash save When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, speaking of potential trades, DeAndre Ayton and that January 15th date is coming up. What sort of value does he have right now with that date being so important? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, Suns basketball is on tonight, but it's a late one, 8 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports, the Arizona Sports app. Suns taking on the Miami Heat this evening. The Coyotes also in action tonight. They're in Chicago taking on the Blackhawks. Sorry, that's my very poor Chicago. Team. Chicago. Uh, taking on Chicago, the Blackhawks at 6.30. You'll hear that one on ESPN 620, 98.7 FM HD 2, and also the Arizona Sports app if you want to listen to it. Um, and then, obviously, this weekend, ASU U of A, both back in action again on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. U of 
of A in action on Saturday, ASU on Sunday. Suns are back in action on Sunday, so are the Coyotes taking on the Penguins. UA could probably move up, right? Purdue lost to Rutgers. I think UConn lost. <laughs> U of A might be able to move up. Why don't you tell everybody what the show sheet was for today? We had a, we had a show sheet. We, we we went away from it, but we had a show sheet today. That we had two show sheets, and I let the guys try to pick which one they wanted to go with, and they they took the second one to my surprise. So initially, yeah. the show sheet the show that Gambo sent sheet, out, yeah. which is just a suggestion. It's not like he's got veto power over every this uh, over any of this stuff. Two o'clock. Fifth-ranked U of A takes down Washington. 2.15, why does Mikhail have such a great home court advantage? Is it the best in college basketball? 2.30, is Tommy Lloyd the next Lute Olsen? Yours calls next. 2.45, is there anyone that can challenge U of A in the Pac-12? 3 o'clock, who's the best foreign player on the Wildcats? Tupelas, Balo, Creaser, Larson. 3.15, the U of A bench has been a weakness. Who needs to step up? 3.30, expectations, Final Four or bust. 3.45 is a number one seed, a lock now for U of A. 4 to 5, redo the 2 o'clock hour. 5 to 6, redo the 3 yeah. o'clock hour. That was an option for today's show. It really yeah. wasn't. It was Actually, an option for today's no. show. I mean, no, I no, my... no, 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 we, <laughs> we, no. Yeah, that was an option. That was one of my show sheets. You know, I kind of map, you know, before I leave, I kind of map everything out. Clown. Take your email, my email, kind of map everything out. And, you know, I kind of mapped that out today. I said, hey, this could be a good way to go. It's odd. I don't remember having anything U of A in my email. That is blasphemous. I don't remember having one U of A thing in my email today. No? Not one. I I, I knew you had it covered. <laughs> Did you watch any of the game last night? I fell asleep to it. And then I hit record, and I watched it this morning while I was prepping. Yeah. I always get these. I fell right asleep. I always get these uh, messages. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my wife and my heart for showing respect today for the U of A. I don't know if you've been to a game. It's crazy there. The spirit in Tucson has for basketball isn't matched by any team in the Valley. Please tell Bernsey thanks for not dissing on our cats because as we all know, it's really difficult for him. I always get these people that like... I you. went there for a year and a half. That's right. I went to the University of Arizona for a year and a yeah. half. It's not difficult for me at all. What did you study when you were there? Uh, well, pre-law, and then oh, I switched to uh, to uh, so pre-law journalism. But where, was he working into like movies or something at one time, like directing and? Well, I, no, I the, well, the, wasn't that. The, did you go to school I, I was, for that? I was I was pre-law, pre-law at U of A, uh-huh. and I was I was I've told this. You know, we've got time. I'll tell the story. You could have been a lawyer. Yeah. Um, no, I I don't know if I would have been a good one. Sweet uh, Burnsy. So. <laughs> 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 so this this replay James review is... brought to you by Sweet Burnsy. Sweet, Sweet Burnsy. <laughs> My ugly bug on billboards all over. That's town. right. No, so I'm ditching a class I'm supposed to be going to my freshman year. Yeah. And I think to myself, man, if I if I can't even go to the class, how am I going to want to go to the job when I'm 40? Right? So yeah. pick something like you're going to want to go to work to every day. Right? Because I don't want to go to the class. I'm 19 years old. And this is nothing against lawyers out there. I'm, I'm one of my best friends is a lawyer. It's not about that. But I'm sitting there not going to the class. I'm like, okay, what do you really want to do? And it was either I want to be the next Steven Spielberg or I want to be the next Dan Patrick. I either want to be a sportscaster or I want to be a movie director. I chose sportscasting because it seemed easier. 
It seemed like more. It was the easy way out. No, no, it just seemed more obtainable. It seemed like that because it's like you can be a director, film school, and and all of that stuff. It just it just seemed like a, a simpler path to be a sportscaster. So I called my dad that night, my late father, and I told him what I was changing my major to. And I swear, if my father was ever going to disown me, it was going to be that night. He's like, "What? You're what?" You're gonna be a sportscaster. He thought you were gonna be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. He, he or an engineer. And you that was talking to me like for four that. hours every day. <laughs> what a disappointment you were to him. <laughs> no, 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 don't say that about him. He was very, he was very proud. He was very, very proud. He, My son is gonna be a lawyer. You stand. blew it. <laughs> Talks to this stupid New Yorker for four hours every day. Now that's what he does. What does your son do for a living? He talks to a dumb talks New Yorker dumb for New York four, four hours every day. day. But he was going to be a lawyer. <laughs> he was going to be. Butchers the English language every day. Yeah. Doesn't know whether Tucson is up or down from where we are in Phoenix. Gets to talk to him every day. Calls his, says he, that he has a phone camera. <laughs> Just a camera phone. Calls camera his phone, phone a camera phone. Camera Calls phone. the remote a clicker. Yeah. Dad was uh, pretty proud. Man. He was pretty proud. My late father. He, he was. That's what he, he told was, you. He listened every single day. Every He listened to the show every day. Every single day. Every minute, every single right. day. And every night said, my son could have been a lawyer. <laughs> I could, like, I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender. You should have had that. I could have been a lawyer. Which is what I am. I could have been a lawyer. Yeah. All right, this little bit in Burns family history <laughs> brought to you by the accident attorneys of Sweet James <laughs> or Sweet Burnsy, one of the two. <laughs> um... So you know what we were going to talk about eating here, but but we'll have plenty of time for eating conversations. What what happens this weekend in the NFL? Now, what do you want to happen? What happens this weekend in the NFL? Do I you want think? Pittsburgh to get into the playoffs in the AFC. I want. Do you think they will? No. Okay. I think New England is going to beat Buffalo because Buffalo is not going to. Kansas. This is what I think is going to. What I want to happen, I want Pittsburgh to get in. Okay. What I think is going to happen is that Kansas City is going to win Saturday and Buffalo is going to use this week as a bye week because they've got nothing to play for. And New England will will win that game and New England will get in. But I want Pittsburgh to get in. Okay. What I think is going to happen. I think is, that's very astute, by the way. What, I think that's good. In the NFC, what I think is going to happen is I think Seattle is going to win their early game only to have the Lions be heartbroken and lose to the Packers. Now, if Seattle lost, I could see the Lions winning that game against the Packers. Mm -hmm. But I think Seattle will win, and then the Packers will win. So, unfortunately, I think that Green Bay and New England are going to get in the playoffs. Okay? I think Jacksonville, I hope Jacksonville wins the division. I'm hoping for Jacksonville to win I think the Jacksonville division. will win the division. And I and hope I, they do. And I think, I think the way you've got the AFC working out, I think that's how it's going to play out, too. Because I, I think Buffalo, as long as Kansas City beats Vegas on Saturday, I just don't know what Buffalo has to play for other than, hey, let's go do it for DeMar Hamlin. But that's going to turn into their bye week, and I just think they're going to want to take advantage of that by resting a bunch of guys. So I could totally see that happening. I think in the NFC, I, I think it's going to be a lot of chalk. I think Philly's going to win. I think San Francisco's going to win, which would make Philly one, San Francisco two, Minnesota three, Tampa Bay's locked in at four. That would put Dallas Giant. at five. Giant the Giants six. are locked in at six. And at the bottom, I I, I and Dallas is going to go to Tampa Bay. And Dallas would go to Tampa Bay in that scenario. Anyway, and you and I would have a bet. Dallas is going to and, beat them. And Tom Brady is going to flex for one game. And he's going to go, you're the Dallas Cowboys and I'm Tom Brady. Watch this. He's going to flex. and be like, ouch, that really hurts. <laughs> I think Seattle's going to lose, though. 
That's my. That is to my the Rams. Yeah, that is my one crazy thing that I think. I don't think there's going to be a lot of crazy this weekend. That's my one crazy thing this weekend. Seattle loses to the Rams. You got the Bobby Wagner on the uh, revenge tour. Just Seattle has not played well lately. Not at all. That they have, like a team that. Remember we were talking with yeah, Brock. You would play for. Oh, I know they do. I totally understand they do. I just when they reach for it, I don't know if it's gonna be there. And that's that is my prediction for the one crazy thing that's gonna happen this weekend. The Rams beat Seattle, and Detroit. Is that Green in LA? Bay, that game is in Seattle. It's in Seattle. That game is in Seattle. It's just a hunch, a hunch. That's all, and that the Lions in Green Bay I, becomes for the. I'll, I'll go one of your. I'll go one of your coffee bets on Seattle Rams. Coffee bet on Seattle Rams. Yeah, I like. I like the chocolate, the hot chocolate one, the mochas. Okay, we well, don't have time for the soundbite, but we got a bet. All right, we got a bet. Got I, a like coffee coffee I like. I like Seattle. On Seattle yep. Rams. That's gonna do it for us. We are out of here. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Burns and Gamble Show. We'll see you Monday, straight up two o'clock. Have a great night, everyone. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.